AppleSource San Francisco is proud to welcome the co-founders of Hotel Tonight, Sam Schenk and Jared Simon, along with their moderator, Josh Elman from Greylock Partners. So thanks everybody for coming out so early on a Thursday morning, um, but I think it's great kind of for Apple to do this and to help us sort of celebrate entrepreneurship in San Francisco. And it's great to have Sam and Jared uh, here with us. And I think kind of as we get started sort of talking about Hotel Tonight and like what a great company it's become, you know, can you give us a sense of kind of how big it is now, what's the overall size and scope of Hotel Tonight? Yeah, so we're, uh, we're based in San Francisco, just a few blocks away from here. We're about 120 people now in the company. Uh, we're now in 300 uh, different cities. Um, and we also have um, uh, presence in Europe as well as Latin America and the United States. And that includes uh, 24 different countries at this point. One of the ways that we look at our business is how many downloads we've had. So we've had over 10 million downloads. Um, so we've grown considerably since the, the early days of the business where we were, the, those numbers were zero downloads, three cities, and uh, just a handful of hotels in one country. So, Wow, that's amazing. So how many people have gotten up this morning and then all of a sudden today they're going to decide they need a hotel room tonight? Millions, millions. Millions, millions. Um, and what's the busiest night of the week that you guys see on Hotel Tonight? It's, it's changed. Early on it was mostly weekends um, because the earliest use cases for Hotel Tonight were about leisure travel. Um, but as more and more business travelers have found the reliability and consistency of Hotel Tonight and the value of it, um, it shifted more towards uh, balance between the weekends and the weekday. Uh, so it's this really nice uh, you know, combination of we're filling up rooms for hotels that need it during the week, but then also hotels really need those rooms filled up during the weekend so we can bring a lot of demand to them uh, for staycations, for last minute getaways, uh, for road trips on the weekends. How do you guys split the balance in the company between sort of hotels and tonight? I know you just launched kind of a recent feature called, you know, to let people sort of look ahead a little bit. But sort of how do you think about sort of this, what was this hole in hotels where they're excited to kind of have these last minute deals, last minute specials? Well, you know, traditionally hotels run at, you know, they, they, they have 40 out of every 100 rooms in the hotel are empty every night. They just never had a really good way of, of, of distributing that inventory in a safe way that they feel comfortable with where they're not cannibalizing loyal customers. And additionally, the relationships with online travel agencies, the incumbents, have always been pretty poor. Um, the online travel agencies have not treated the hotel, they've treated the hotels as a sort of a necessary evil. They've aggregated a bunch of eyeballs and then treated the hotels as a, as a sort of means to an end. And so we wanted to attack that differently. And as a result, we, we built a company that's a, a, around providing a valuable tool to hotels and also providing incremental value to Sam's point, given that they're, they're these rooms are going unsold, so we can focus exclusively on that. The hotels are very, very interested in that incremental demand. Yeah, and I'd say in terms of the balance of tonight versus you know, other, uh, you know, the, the thinking further ahead, um, the way we look at it is that we want to focus on the, the use case for the consumer that's the most uh, germane and, and most unique use case for mobile, which is that I need a hotel right now. I don't have my computer in front of me. And that's what we focused relentlessly on and 100% on. So it's all about on demand. It's all about right now. Um, we have done a very good job at that, and we have uh, brought, in, brought new use cases to the market. People that say, hey, I'm in San Francisco, I'm having a really nice time with friends, I don't want to drive back to Palo Alto, I'm just going to press a button, eight seconds later I'm going to have a hotel, and I'm going to have a great place to stay. And I know that's the best price possible, and it's really a reliable and, and consistent, high-quality hotel. Um, at the same time, we started getting questions from customers that said, hey, I really want to rely on hotel tonight, I want to be able to think about using it spontaneously for this upcoming weekend. I want to think about a road trip. So 
to address that, we wanted to, to do more than just say, hey, we always have rooms available. We always have great stuff available. We wanted to, to sort of put um, our money where our mouth is. And so we launched a, a feature called Look Ahead um, that came out in a, few, a few weeks ago where we show the upcoming rates and availability for the next seven days. You can see that some days are gonna be you know, slightly more demand than supply. Most days are gonna have a lot more supply than demand. Um, so for this upcoming Memorial Day weekend, uh, you'll be able to see that there is a lot of uh, excess capacity in the system, as we call it from an economic perspective, a lot of empty rooms, which means really great prices. So, so great getaways this weekend, uh, this Memorial Day weekend in San Francisco. Um, everywhere. <laughs> or uh, everywhere. Um, well, that's great. You know, I bet you didn't kind of imagine you were going to get to, you know, 120 people, millions of people, you know, downloading and using the product. You know, tell us a little bit about what you were thinking about when you, when you started this. You had to figure out how to get hotels to give you anything. You're a tiny little startup, and you had to figure out how to build this, this new use cases. So kind of take us back to those days when you got started. When we first started, I think we, we, we had in our minds, the travel industry is enormous. So hotel sales around the world, $600 billion. It's a very, very big industry to tackle. And we had in our mind that this would be a really interesting niche of that industry that was underutilized, under, un, you know, undersupported historically. And so if we could attack this niche and build a really, a really nice sort of focused solution for this niche, we could build a really nice business. And I think the way that's changed, uh, and you, I don't know, we, we didn't talk about this before, so you might, uh, you might disagree. But I think that over the course of doing this, we realized, hey, mission accomplished. We've carved out that niche, and it's been a, it is a really nice business. But the reality is, given the trends in the world today, mobile penetration, the booking window is shrinking. People are becoming more spontaneous, partly as a result of companies like ours that have changed the sort of the the, the zeitgeist. Um, there's a much bigger opportunity here, and the bigger opportunity is this should be the way people book hotels. Um, we should we should be the incumbent player. We should we should displace the the folks that are the the brand names right now in terms of booking hotels the same way they did to the offline travel agencies when the platform shifted from offline to online. This online to mobile shift is every bit as dramatic, and companies like ours that are focusing exclusively on mobile should be the should be the winners. So there's a giant opportunity, um, which is both really exciting and also you know keeps us up at night for sure. It keeps it motivating. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> and the, uh, well, I, I think that most big companies, when you look at them, they started by focusing on a very passionate, one could call niche group, and doing it better than anyone else in the world. I think where we're sitting right now is a very good example of that, right? They focused on products that were seen by the incumbents as, oh, they're very, you know, just for designers, just for music enthusiasts. We saw this opportunity to build something very precise and better than anyone else in the world. And then now we see an opportunity to take that and take what we've learned there and make that the, the primary way that people book hotels. So that's exciting, and that's, that's also an enormous opportunity. Um, but you know, stepping back on you know, that decision to do that initial product, we had no idea if it was going to be successful or not. There was a lot of doubt around it. You know, we thought that maybe we'd be able to bring incremental demand to the system, more people to book hotels that would otherwise not book hotels because it was convenient, because there was value. Yeah. And we thought we could maybe build a marketplace effect where hotels would be motivated and encouraged on their own to load hotel rooms into hotel tonight and provide a, a last minute discount on those rooms if they wanted to, to, to move those rooms and fill those rooms. But those things are really hard to predict. Uh, and you can, they look good on paper, they you know, maybe are gonna work, but I've seen you know, most of my, uh, the companies I've been involved with, personally and otherwise, uh, haven't worked. And so we kept our fingers crossed and once we started to see it work, we, we were very excited, but 
you know, also still like, you know, when is the, you know, wh what's going on here? Why is this actually working? You know, the, we were doubted, doubted ourselves a lot along the way, which I think uh, there was a healthy dose of uh, fear and, and doubt, which kept us uh, really focused on making something great. I, I, I would characterize it as we were, we, were re we were realistic. There was doubt all around us. I, I mean, you know, maybe we shared in those doubts, but I think we had an overwhelming sense that having been around this industry and having been around the customers that we were trying to serve and having been the customers we were trying to serve, this was going to work. And I think that's one of the things that uh, I'm really happy we did was we, we persevered through the doubt that was all around us. You know, n nine people out of 10 I talked to said, when would I ever book a hotel same day, you know, before this, before this started. And I think that's the mark of, a, of an innovative idea. It's something that people just wouldn't have even thought about doing before. And I think in this case, People had been trained to, 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 to feel like they had to book certain things in advance, you know, whether it's show tickets or concert tickets or hotels or whatever. And that may be true in a lot of different areas, but it's just not true in hotels, and we knew that. And so, you know, is our executional risk, that was all there was. The opportunity was there, for sure. Yeah, you know, I felt a lot more confident around our ability to, uh, to convert people that were booking last minute already into booking through a hotel tonight. So the big bank of phones at the hotel, at the uh, airport, right, being state of the art or walking into <laughs> hotels. Uh, I felt very confident that we had something orders of magnitude better than that. Um, that. Where I was uncertain was more, or what needed to be proved was that change in customer behavior yeah. that instead of driving home or instead of uh, you know, making plans for the weekend, I'm gonna go out and then book a hotel. That was a bigger leap of faith because people didn't use mobile devices that way. Um, they didn't do that for anything, whether it was uh, open table or, or whether it was uh, show tickets or anything. So uh, fortunately, the world's moved in, in our direction and uh, human nature is about not making plans. We didn't have address books when we were, uh, you know, before civilization was formed and so I don't think it's in our DNA. And appointment books. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. And, and I guess people are always so worried about being stranded and you sort of, you know, have to get, to have to overcome that fear that you won't get stranded. You know, one of the things you said was nine out of 10 people completely doubted us. But actually for a startup, if you really believe it, that might be great to have sort of one in 10 sort of, you know, align with you. What were the differences as you go and try to get the first hotels on the system? Who were some, what, was, what were some of the ones who were that one in 10 sort of saying? And what did the nine in 10 actually tell you? Well, I think that it was an interesting challenge when we were originally uh, going out and, and starting to talk to hotels because, first of all, we were in a situation, if you can think back, you know, millennia to 2010, uh, we were in a situation where there really weren't any mobile-only commerce plays out there. Um, it, it wasn't a thing yet. Um, and second of all, we were, coming at, we were coming off of this daily deal fatigue where every small business owner had some sort of story where, uh, you know, they had you know, gotten this swarm of customers who, who they didn't want or something like that, and they put us in that bucket as well. Third of all, we were going around selling you know, a piece of paper that had a drawing that Sam had made of an app, <laughs> and most of these folks that we were talking to didn't have smartphones at that point, and we didn't have anything concrete to show them. The pitch we made was, was purely this notion that hey, mobile is coming, and everyone had this sense that mobile is coming, wanted to get involved. Here's a good way to get involved. Here's a risk-free way to get involved, because we, you know, we set the model up such that they're, they're, there's really no risk to hotels. They could, just, they could join it, see how it went. If it went well, great. If it didn't go well, there's nothing binding them. Um, and uh, you know, talk to them about learning about mobile and learning about how, how to service these kinds of customers, and also talk to them about the fact that the customers we were bringing them 
were going to be really desirable customers. These were early adopters of smartphones. These were the trendsetters. These are the people that are going to talk about a great hotel experience. And uh, those kinds of things helped, helped you know, sort of carry the day for the hotels. The other nice thing was the way the app is, is constructed, we want to make it really easy for, for users, so we curate the list of results. We only show a few hotels each day, and those are really great hotels. So as a result, we don't, have, we don't need to work with every single hotel in a city. We can, can cherry-pick the ones we really, really want to work with, and that's how we got started. And, and one of the other things that, that we did, and, and we do in general, is, and one of our big uh, uh, product uh, mantras is simplicity. Um, and it was about you know, booking really quickly. It was just a few screens, only a few hotel selections on the consumer side. But on the supplier side, it's also very simple. So when we would show them the interface that they would use to manage their inventory, it's only two fields. How many rooms do you want to sell? And what price do you want to sell them for? And even before that, uh, when we were telling them about the, pro the program and about Hotel Tonight, and Jared would show them the contract. And initially, the contract, I think you know, most of these are like 12, 13 pages. And uh, we said, hey, this is just too complex. Can we get this down to reflect our values of simplicity and, uh, and efficiency? So we got it down to, I think, like nine or 10 sentences or something. It was like a half page. And, wow. um, and so hotels were, so since then, our, our general counsel's added a little bit more to it. But we didn't the, have a general counsel then. <laughs> <laughs> there were no lawyers involved. But it, I mean, it effectively said, we're a hotel tonight. You're a hotel. If we sell one of your rooms, you're going to put the person in there, right? It was that's basically all it is, right? So, and there's no other obligations. And so they said, "Hey, these guys are different. They are they are um, saving me time already uh, because this is just a lot easier to read. And there's something special here. There's something different here about the way that we're framing the relationship between us and them. And uh, and I think that starting with every little detail from that from that contract, even in the the legal review, which I'm sure that most companies don't even think about." Um, and, and to this day, that still is a, a differentiator. Actually, I think that's a, a really important point for, for most entrepreneurs is, you know, we talk about simple products all the time, but actually carrying that simplicity all the way through the business to what the, you know, the interface the hotels see, which isn't user-facing, still needs to be very simple all the way to the contracts. I think that's a, that's a really interesting point. Are there other places that you've kind of applied that simplicity through the rest of your company? Well, I think the, the mantra from the start, both on the supplier side and on the consumer side, was remove barriers. No one's going to uh, wake up this morning just wishing they were using Hotel Tonight, whether they're on the hotel side or on the consumer side, because they hadn't heard of us before. So we had to do everything we could to remove every barrier we could think of to someone, to someone uh, working with us or, or, or using us. So early on, we were maniacal about tap count on the app. You know, we had charts of every... every still are. St yeah, still, sorry, yeah, still are. Every, every way you could book a hotel on a mobile app, and most of those ways at the time, and frankly still are, basically versions of a website that have been ported over to a, to a mobile app and would t take hundreds of taps to, to complete a booking. And you know, our goal was three taps, four taps. You know, let's get it down. And every iteration was, would get it down from 100 to 70 to 50 to 30 until we got it down to three taps and a swipe. In fact, it was just three taps early on. We actually went too far making it simple. And we started getting calls from people, uh, customer support calls. And, and Sam and I were customer support in those days, 24-7. Uh, getting calls from people saying, hey, my four-year-old just booked a hotel. Uh, you know, you got to refund it, which was a problem for us. Um, so we actually had to add a little bit more complexity back in, and that's where the innovation swiping the, uh, the, the logo at the end came in to, to add a little bit more complexity so the four-year-olds couldn't book, but, uh, but everyone who was older than four, it was still a pretty simple process. 
Um, but that was, we were maniacal about that at every stage of the company, whether it's the product or the contract or the, the way we work with hotels, the way we talk to customers, every, every element of the company. And it also carries through into the culture. Uh, you know, from the, the first day that you come into the, the company to interview, the process is very transparent and simple and straightforward. Um, there's a, an onboarding, it's sort of like a hotel check-in your first day at the office that uh, it sort of feels like you know, you're walking to the hotel. So some of that is, is picking up from the hotel culture. The other is, is the simplicity culture, and it's very open and transparent. Um, and then uh, the other, another aspect of our culture is spontaneity. Um, and we, we do this thing called uh, HT Roulette, Hotel Tonight Roulette, um, once a month where people can say, I'm free this coming weekend, I'm putting my name into a hat, and then uh, that Friday we draw a name out of the hat and that person goes to the airport and goes to a just revealed destination uh, <laughs> that was randomly set up. So they're living the hotel, and then they book the hotel on the, on the app and they're living the Hotel Tonight lifestyle. So you know, it's important as, a, as entrepreneurs and, and as founders to infuse that, those values, whether it's simplicity, spontaneity, hotel lifestyle um, into the, the fabric of the company as well. Okay. That, that sounds very cool. So where did someone go last month? Todd went to Miami. Miami Todd, yeah. <laughs> and we've got the next one coming up a week from Friday. And uh, apparently you have to have a passport, and it's going to be a sunny destination. We don't know anything else. I, I might put my name in. <laughs> so as you come back, you know, the travel industry has been so built, you know, or sorry, the online travel industry has been so built around really search as a key acquisition. People start at Google. They end up on a bunch of sites that come up in Google. Um, those try to convert them into booking hotels. You know, on mobile, this world is very, very different. You've talked a little bit about that. But how are you guys actually leveraging the power of the mobile ecosystem to get users into your app? And how is that just completely different than, than sort of what you've done before? Yeah, this goes back to the, the early days of thinking about Hotel Tonight and thinking about how mobile was going to be so different than the, the web ecosystem for online travel. I'd been, this is my third online startup. They've all been in online travel. And so I knew the search ecosystem very well. And, but then I started getting obsessed with my iPhone, sort of you know, finding that I was looking at that while I watched TV. This was in 2009, 2010. Um, and that I was spending more time with that device at home than I was my, my laptop. So I said, all right, there's something going on here. Now, what does it look like when you take online travel to this device? And it's pretty interesting that there's just no search engine on a mobile device. It's all about task completion. It's all about going to an app that's going to solve your problem. And so I said, hmm, that's kind of interesting because all of the big guys and, and my own companies uh, got their traffic and distribution from search. And, and thinking about startups, one of the, the big pieces of advice I give to other entrepreneurs is think about distribution first and then think about the company. Um, how are you going, it is so hard to get customers to care, to give any of their attention to your company. So the distribution was gonna be completely different than mobile. And then started thinking about what that would look like. There was no way to acquire traffic, to buy traffic. So I said, that's even better because there's not going to be a way that we can get outspent. Um, and as a startup, we're not gonna have as much money as the other guys. So how are people gonna get there? They're gonna get there because it is a really good product, because it is visible in the App Store, because it has great reviews, and because it's got good, really good uh, word of mouth and obsessive customers that just keep coming back over and over and over. So, okay, that's great. And you know what I really like to do? Uh, I really like to build great products and great brands that people are really passionate about. So I thought it was just a really good fit for what I, uh, my skills were, my interests were, as well as the, the medium itself. So what that means for us in Hotel Tonight, it, it means that everything we do has to be better um, in a quality basis than the other guys that are out there. So three taps and a swipe, eight seconds, versus two to three minutes to book a hotel. 
Um, our customer service is incredible. Jared runs that team and can tell you more about it, but you get an email response, I think, in seven or eight minutes uh, on average, which you know, versus the seven or eight days that you're used to when you're dealing with, uh, with travel providers, it just blows people away. Um, and then uh, we look at the hotels that we work with. We only work with top quality hotels that we personally vet. We only show you the list of the best deals for that night, make it really easy and simple for you to use the product. So because of all of those things combined, it created a very, very different, higher quality experience that was really took advantage of the mobile mobile platform and, uh, and that people, once they found, loved and would tell others about, that led to our growth. And that still is, is the biggest channel for our growth. Uh, it's interesting, if you rank it, there's, there's more ways to spend money now uh, with Facebook ads and, and other ads, but that is number four in terms of our acquisition. Uh, first is doing, uh, is, is the word of mouth. Um, it's just over 50% of people that book on Hotel Tonight are coming through word of mouth. Second is um, uh, people finding us in the App Store uh, because they see the great reviews that we've garnered over the years. Um, third is PR um, and getting the word out through, uh, which is sort of an, an extension of word of mouth, but uh, is a, is a, you know, through, the, through the press. And then fourth is, is paid channels, which is a, a very small minority of, of our traffic acquisition. I, you know, I think this is one of those classic examples of when you're the underdog and you're just getting started. And as an entrepreneur, that's generally the position you find yourself in. Um, taking things that would otherwise look like tremendous disadvantages and turning them into advantages. And the, you know, a disadvantage for us is that there are companies that we compete against that spend $2 billion on search every year. Um, we're not going to be able to do that for some time. Um, and so, and, and in a mobile ecosystem, you, you just can't, if you're a mobile only, you, that's just that avenue is not available to you, which looks like a tremendous disadvantage. But what you realize is you can take all those resources and all that mind share and all that money and, tr and channel it into building a better product, which in mobile, a better product is what acquires customer. Because a better product is what gets you better reviews in the, in the app store. It's what, it's what sends you up the ranking, up the leaderboard, and things like that. All of which, you know, to Sam's point, that's, that's number one and two uh, on our list of customer acquisition tools. And it all boils down to taking all those resources that we could spend on renting customers through, through you know, sort of search and, and things like that, and instead channeling that into building a much, much better product. And that's a longer term differentiator for us. And you know, it's turned into a tremendous advantage for us. So it really is kind of a build it and, and you know, give people enough of these magic moments and you'll end up you know, getting them to, to spread it to other people. Do you do anything to incentivize word of mouth or ask people to spread it to their friends? Or is it just you know, being able to be last minute and book something really just works so uniquely? Yeah, it, it's definitely not built and they will come. Um, I don't want to you know, convey that. It is, uh, we worked really hard. I did uh, two press events yesterday. I, I'm still out there a lot getting the word out about Hotel Tonight. Um, we, we do you know, a lot of cross promotions with other companies to get the word out. And then within the app, we have a, an invited friend program where you, know, you give $25 to friends and you can share that on, on various social outlets as well as just directly. And then uh, when somebody books, you get $25. Uh, on their first booking. So, and that's been very, very successful for us. And it just magnifies the word of mouth. That, that word of mouth is already there. Um, and, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to, to Apple, frankly, for the, the innovation of the App Store and the ability for people to review the apps, I think, has been key. And people can look and quickly see the quality of a product. They can see the quality that, that Hotel Tonight customers have had and the experience that they've had. Um, and then they can go to, to other guys and see that it's not as good, right? And that's something that you, you can't buy, you have to earn. And we worked relentlessly on that 
aspect too, which is when somebody you know, didn't have a great experience, how can we turn that around? What can we learn from that? And that's why Jared and I early on, uh, when, the, when somebody would call Hotel Tonight or email, that was us on the other end. Um, we learned a lot about what the dynamics were of this market and we're very close to the customer and still are very close to support. You know, can't read every email and, and answer every phone call anymore, but, uh, but it helped us tremendously to make sure the product was great. It's incredible the human capacity to be in a deep sleep at two in the morning <laughs> and jump up when the phone rings. Hello, hotel tonight, how you doing? You're, you're uh, gifted at that, it was not one of my gifts. Oh, you were great, you sell yourself short. I'm calling Jared at 2 a.m. Uh, so, so this is just an incredible story of Hotel Tonight, and I think it, you know, I now even understand it a lot better of sort of how you guys have gotten to this scale and, and where it can go. Let's talk just a little bit kind of now about you know, entrepreneurship more broadly. I mean, Sam, this is your third company. You mentioned you've started two companies before. Like, what keeps you coming back to the well? What brought you back to like, want to actually do this again through all the ups and downs in that sort of early period of doubt? Yeah, you know, and sometimes I joke, um, somewhat joke, but it's also sort of true that I don't know if I'm necessarily a, a great entrepreneur or just a really bad employee. And, uh, and so yeah, I, I do love the creative process of bringing something to the world. And I love the, the challenge of that. And as a creative outlet for me and, uh, and for you know, the, the things that I'm good at, which are, are brand and product, it's, uh, it's a really wonderful place. And what's been exciting for me is, is on this product and this company, um, the past few were, were much smaller. They got to maybe eight or 10 people tops, and this is now uh, order of magnitude larger, is that you know, the, the challenges and joys and excitement of seeing a team get built of this, this sort of organism of a, of a company and the culture form, and people build really long-term friendships out of that and see, give people a platform to do their best work has also been really fulfilling and in a way that I never expected. Um, and, uh, and so that's been something that, that I think will keep me coming back as well and definitely keeps me coming back every day uh, and is exciting uh, to, to come to the office with. What are some of these things now, now that you're on your third time, like what have you learned along the way that you really wish you knew when you were starting your first company? You know, a couple lessons. One is, as I mentioned, distribution um, and really focusing on how are people going to find your product. Uh, you know, for the first business, it was, it, I wasn't sure, and then I, I discovered SEO. This was in 2004. It was a, a company called Travel Post that ended up being a hotel review site. And we got to a million unique visitors and you know, some level of, of success off of just really understanding and cracking SEO. And I'm glad that, that I, I, there was one white paper like the, uh, the something like the unfair advantage to SEO or something like that that I read that was the reason that business had an, even an okay outcome. Um, and then uh, with DealBase, my second business, it was about, ended up being uh, more of a search arbitrage play um, because the initial distribution we went after, which was SEO, there was a thing called Panda that came out and so we, we just weren't able to, to leverage that distribution as much as we, we wanted to. But then, you know, with, with Hotel Tonight, it's all about, been about distribution. I think then within that, I think it's very important for, um, uh, and, and others have written about this, it's important to be different, and, but also to be, uh, sorry, it's important to be better, but also to be different. And I think I focused too much on being better in the first two companies than being distinctive and different. So you know, with Travel Post, I wanted to build a better TripAdvisor. Well, the world didn't really need, care about a better TripAdvisor. TripAdvisor was, wasn't great, but it worked just fine. And it was very hard to say that we were a better TripAdvisor when, um, and people were, weren't, were you know, satisfied with what they already had. Um, and with DealBase, it was a better travel deal search engine, but it wasn't very distinctive in terms of what that meant. Um, and it was just incrementally better. So with, with Hotel Tonight, we built something much, much better, but it was also different. It was different in that it was constrained. It was only on mobile apps, 
It was only for tonight, night, very temporal uh, in, in, the, in the constraints. And then it only had a few hotels, so it looked different, it felt different. It was unlike anything you'd ever experienced in the world. Very memorable from that perspective, which led you to come back to it. It, it was able to occupy a unique place in your brain, in your mind, and then it had some portability on the virality of it. You could say, hey, you've got to check out a hotel tonight because of XYZ. That's very hard to do with like, hey, you've got to check out Travel Post because it's slightly better than TripAdvisor, which you already know and use. So it doesn't, it doesn't work as well. <laughs> I, would, I would add, you know, of, of equal importance to product and distribution, and one thing I think we did really well here that, that was based on perspective, having done this before, having been a, started companies, been a part of companies before that we felt like we could build on and do better. It was, you know, when we originally sat down, when it was just three of us in a room and we hadn't hired anybody yet, um, we sat down and we started mapping out what we wanted this company to feel like when we did hire people. When we had 120 people, what did we want this thing to feel like? What kind of people did we want to work around? How did we want to set up the organization to support those kinds of people? And, you know, this boils down to culture in a lot of cases and it, and it becomes like this superficial term that people throw around. We're going to build a culture. We're going to do this with culture. But I think if you don't plan ahead to, to make that, and I've seen this time and time again, and then you hire a bunch of people and you realize, oh man, you know, we got a bunch of disparate people running around and maybe they're building great product, but now we got to retrofit them to fit this ideal culture that we've set up. That never works. Uh, and you spend a lot of wasted cycles dealing with that. What we did was we set it up in the, in the, in the early days before we had hired a single person. We came up with the values that we appreciated. We came up with the way we wanted them to work together. And we used that when we interviewed and we were relentless about hiring people that fit exactly that, the, that, that standard or the, those ideals that we were talking about, to our detriment in a lot of cases. And I think that's it, to our detriment in terms of efficiency and speed. And I think we had, a lot of, we had a lot of conversations early on about, hey, we gotta move faster. Well, wait, we haven't found the right person yet. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's something that ultimately we did, we, I'm, I'm really happy we were relentless about, the, about that kind of thing, setting those standards and not, and not uh, not veering from them at all. And fortunately, when we had that conversation about what type of people we wanted to work with, we didn't decide that we didn't want to work with each other. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. I, I think that's actually a good sort of um, complement to some of the perks and some of the other kind of neat cultural things you talked about before. Because I think those two things really come together, you know, to to make a great company. You know, one of the things, Sam, I, I love your comments kind of on the fundraising. And you know, we live in kind of an era right now where where. You know, as a new entrepreneur, it might be really hard to raise money, and yet we hear about a lot of crazy valuations and high valuations getting thrown around. Sort of, what advice do you give to fellow entrepreneurs as they start to think about building and funding their companies? Yeah, I think that it's, uh, it, fundraising is hard, and uh, especially as a first-time entrepreneur, especially with an idea that doesn't quite have traction yet, or doesn't have traction yet. Once you have traction, it's easy, uh, or easier, right? It's never easy, but it's a lot easier, and that's where you get the big valuations, that's where it looks, that's where it looks like it's just you know, a layup every time. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but early on, even with Hotel Tonight, it was, uh, you talked about nine, nine out of 10 people not liking uh, or, or saying that I'd never use that. It was you know, 49 out of 50 VCs said, I will never fund this. So it was, uh, it was not easy at all uh, to raise money for Hotel Tonight. And we, uh, we got down to, we were basically broke as a company um, and uh, had to take a short-term loan from one of our investors just to make payroll before the, the Series A closed. So, uh, it was uh, it was a struggle. I think that um, 
planning for, uh, for fundraising much earlier than you needed is, is important and also being realistic on, on your expectations for what you're gonna get. Um, don't, let, don't read the headlines, right? And then, and then lastly is like, think very much about the milestones that you need to achieve that are gonna help with the fundraising. Um, and, uh, but don't let that, at the same time, don't let that you know, drive your product strategy because you know, once you raise the money, that's just the beginning. You know, you've gotta, you know, if you've worked to just get to that point, you're going to be really in trouble because you're going to, now you're you're actually going to be running the business, and if you reserve an artificial milestone, um, you're going to be very unhappy with that. One of the things we I think we 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 did really well early on to that point is we forced ourselves to build the product, get it out there, and show these investors some traction before we ever raised any money. And we forced ourselves to do it in built the product in ten weeks. Uh, you know, you, you hear about these people that are in stealth for two years and things like that before they ever go raise any, any money. And I, I think about that and I think, you know, there's no product that could possibly be that complicated. So by forcing ourselves to build this thing quickly and just get something out there, it wasn't going to be perfect, but it was going to be a huge improvement and it was going to be differentiated to Sam's point. Once people could touch and feel this thing, then they started to believe in it. And then the conversation changed dramatically. And I, I still credit that as one of the most important decisions we made, just force ourselves to get it out there. And I would say to anyone, if you can possibly make that happen, if you can stretch your credit cards long enough to make that happen, it's a great strategy. Just get something out there so people can see it. Yeah, and, and to that, that in following up on that, we did, uh, the goal for us was by the end of January, we had, uh, we wanted to launch the product, have it in the app store for a while. And then we had other metrics around signing up hotels, uh, around getting certain level of downloads, around getting engagement, around getting transactions. And we, we hit all of those, we blew them away, except for transactions, um, which took longer than we expected to, to ramp up because it's a project where you have to be in the right place at the right time. Um, but we did those not because we wanted to, we knew that we'd be able to get Series A after that. We did that to motivate ourselves and to prove to ourselves that this was an idea worth continuing our personal investment of time in. Uh, because it was a lot of time, it was a lot of sacrifice. And so that was uh, putting those goals out there, you know, again, they're milestones, they were vital for fundraising, but we did them more for ourselves than anything else. Yeah. Actually, I think that's a really, really important point, is the most important thing about you know, building your company is continuing to prove to yourselves there's something bigger here. And as long as you believe it and you see that and you are building the things to kind of give yourself evidence that it gets easier to get suppliers and investors and, every, and new employees and everybody else on board. But you talked a little bit about creativity and how entrepreneurship and sort of building companies was sort of your creative outlet. But I read on your profile that one of your first jobs is actually in Hollywood working on movies like Scream. I'm kind of curious of how you contrast sort of the creativity and sort of producing content versus sort of the creativities in, that you, know, you get to apply kind of building these companies and these products. Yeah, it, Hollywood was an interesting uh, time for me. When I, I was in college, I wanted to be a film director. Um, and I think that uh, the things I, as I sort of painted what being a film director would be like, it's much more what I'm doing now than the actualities of being a film director, which was a lot of um, being in the right place at the right time, a lot of politics, and a lot of um, getting really lucky um, versus being entrepreneurial. Um, so it's very hard in Hollywood, despite what you hear you know, from uh, uh, Matt Damon or Ben Affleck to, to just sit down and write a script and all of a sudden you're, you're directing your own movies. Um, it's not a very entrepreneurial place and ultimately then it's not a very creative place. Um, whereas with Travel Post with uh, $200,000 of friends and family money, I was able to, to launch this business that got to some you know, 
hundreds of thousands of users within a few months, um, which, was a, which was a much more satisfying experience, and I could control you know, my own destiny with it, right? And, and I think that uh, in Hollywood, I was 22 and working for Wes, and there was another guy working for, for Wes Craven that um, was doing basically the same job, um, but he was 35, and, and he uh, had really never had his chance. And so I said, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be able to have more control over my destiny and, uh, and have much more assurance that it's going to be uh, the creative outlet that I want in life. Well, uh, thank you so much, Sam and Jared, for, for sharing kind of all these stories. I think we have a couple minutes for questions from the audience. Um, if anybody would like to ask, they'll bring a mic up. Part of the problem that I've seen kind of in the hotel industry is that they work on these legacy type systems and they're all over the place. And clearly, you know, one of your biggest values is making things so incredibly simple to people who download the app and use it right off the bat. So how did you get over those hurdles? And, and I know you talked briefly about having kind of a very simple interface that you gave to them, but even convincing them to use that in the first place and then allowing them to manage that in conjunction with their existing systems to make this all work? Well, we use that to our advantage. I mean, I think that's a great point. It's the, the advantage of, of doing this in hotels is that there is an infrastructure for inter, you know, interfacing with hotels. The disadvantage is it's, it's an it's a old, you know, sort of um, duct tape and bubble gum kind of system that is really, really difficult to manage. What we did was, we, that's how we pitched ourselves. We pitched ourselves as an alternative to that. Hey, one of the reasons why hotels find it so difficult to distribute their last second inventory, their distressed inventory on channels is because the, the infrastructure is so rickety that they can't make changes on the fly. And so they feel they, 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 there's a risk there. Like if you put rooms out on some channel and then someone comes in and off the street and purchases those rooms, it's hard to take them down off that channel. So you run the risk of overselling your, your, your property. So by producing simple tools that we could allow them to use that were, that, that were based on new technology that could move very, very quickly in the speed of, of you know, sort of the real-time world that we were trying to play in, um, that was the argument to hotels. Hey, use this stuff. Now you can finally get rid of all these rooms that you couldn't sell before. And uh, it's really worked out well for them. Yeah, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs in terms of trying to validate uh, whether there's a marketplace there in terms of whether to give up, pivot, or, go, uh, or keep going? So my example is, let's say that you started a rental car agency with red Priuses only in Palm Springs, say, right? And you lose 100 grand the first year. What about, I mean, what advice do you have for the art of knowing whether the, there's a marketplace right around the corner or there isn't and how you pivoted your, your business to validate that? Well, I think that goes to what Sam was saying earlier in terms of, you know, we, we, we decided to, to push something out there as fast as we could and we set benchmarks that were meaningful to us. These were the things we needed to see in order to know we were being successful. And if we hadn't seen those, then we would have, we would have made changes. And one of the benefits of having, you know, being able to collaborate, being sort of uh, starting this together, is that you know the way Sam thinks about problems is very very different from the way I think about them and you know he's he's he worked on Scream he's a creative guy he was going to be a film director and he's a f fountain of ideas and endlessly optimistic sort of like the quintessential entrepreneur type whereas I'm a little bit I'm a little bit more skeptical and uh, so we can we can play off each other when we see things that aren't going as well as we wanted or we see things that are going better than we wanted we can play off each other and it provides a really nice balance. Whereas if you're just going at it alone, sometimes you can get snowed by your own ideas or you can, you can see things that aren't really there or you don't see things that are there. 
Um, so it's important to set those things out, and it's also really nice to have, have, have someone you can, you can bounce that stuff off of as you're seeing it come in real time. And in particular with marketplaces, they take a lot of time to develop. There's very few marketplaces that you would look at the profit in year, day, year one, day one, um, and say that this is a success or failure based on, on that metric. I think you're going to be looking at other metrics in terms of uh, so social engagement around uh, the ability to reach customers, around re repeat rates, around utilization rates, around uh, momentum on uh, both sides of the transaction, or both sides of the marketplace. Um, they're going to give you the sense as to whether or not you'll be able to close the gap there or whether or not there's something special here. Um, but uh, I think that it's, if you're just looking at it like about losing you know, 100K, you know, we wouldn't have, have been here if we had uh, you know, looked at the first month, that, that January, where we didn't hit our booking goals, but every other metric was through the roof. Um, that's what gave us the confidence uh, to continue to go on. Well, thank you guys so much for coming out so early on a, a Thursday to kind of hear uh, Sam and Jared share the story of Ho Hotel Tonight. You know, what, what I really take away is how, how it's not just better, but it's different. It solves something that people didn't even necessarily know was a problem. Now they change behavior. They go to a city and with their phone, they can just know they can stay somewhere. So they stop worrying about the pressure of planning ahead. And I think that's a, you know, really great insight and bet that you guys made kind of ahead of everybody else coming around to it. So congratulations on the progress so far and can't wait to see where it goes next. Thank you. Thanks.